Christy? Christy? Where are you, dear? It's about time to podcast. Oh, what are you doing in the kitchen? Wait, you're... Hmm. Christy? Of course I am. I came here on a summer's breeze. A summer's breeze that smells like incense? Christy, don't take this the wrong way, but you look really... Bright? Cheerful? Free-spirited? You have parted bangs and a lot of eye makeup. You kind of look like a teenager. Hey, dear. Oh, I see you've met younger me. Wait, what? Oh my gosh. I thought we were done with time travel for a bit. Well, I'm glad you haven't been, like, de-aged or whatever. What is younger you doing here, anyhow? I'm here to support myself, of course. Why'd you marry this guy? Is he in a folk band or something? He's not in a band. Oh, so he's a solo artist. Just him and his guitar? No. I do play the drums. I don't understand. Gosh, though, there's two of... Wait, why is there a naked old lady in the corner? Mmm, you weren't complaining this morning. Wait, are you also Christy? That's right, dear. Goodness, you're so young. And you don't even have the oversized gun. Normally I hate this time travel crap, but this is a special occasion. But why are you naked? I've grown beyond the need for clothes, sweetheart. So, Chris, I had to gather young and old me together for one incredible task that the three of us couldn't do alone. Oh no, is there some kind of great evil that needs to be defeated? No, gross. Oh, some calamity that requires your various expertise? Not this time, dear. What, like a, like a heist? I'm simply not dressed for that. Well, what? I've got this four-layer cake, and I can't finish it by myself. If there's one thing that unites the Christies of the timeline, it's a good dessert. Oh, um, okay, I suppose I'll leave you three to it. I have no idea what you see in the sky. Oh, he's just a wonderful husband. I'll tell you in a bit. So are we still gonna talk about comics? Once we finish, and then, yes! I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to the second of our two-part coverage of War of the Realms. That's right. We have covered the war and now we're covering the realms. That's how this works. Yep. As we know, all titles are, are roughly what they what they are on the tin. So the first half of a title happens in the first half of a story and the second half happens in the second half. Uh-huh. So this is going to be a nice overview of each of the 10 realms. Hey, you got it. Hey, yeah. There were 9, but then of course we had the weird the extra edition. we talked about it last time and I recalled it. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting like I took notes. I read up on it, but no. <laughs> no. <laughs> I reached up back deep into my cobwebby memories and I pulled it out. That is saying something for me. Great job. Do you remember <laughs> what the 10th realm is? To, to... Um, it's the one with the angels because there's no angels in North Norse mythology. There are not. There's only Valkyries. Are you impressed? I'm very impressed. Are you impressed? However, I remembered things. Do you remember what the... I mean, it has a really dumb name. 
Um, no, oh, wait, 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 wait. It was, it was like heaven, but it was spelled, uh, without the A. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Readers, this is a, this is a day to celebrate. I remembered a thing. <laughs> we talked about it two weeks ago and I remember it. November 30th, Christy remembered a thing. <laughs> so silly. They're like, what makes it look more Norse? Let's take a letter out. It's like they looked at hell. Which is H E L, and they were like, "We'll do the same thing here." <laughs> oh, uh, but but sorry, readers, if you did come here for an overview, a, 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 some tutelage on the the realms, that's not what we're here for. No, I mean we'll probably hit up a couple. Yeah, I mean, th- I mean, it's somewhat relevant to the to the summary when we get into it. Yeah, yeah, but like, I didn't prepare anything. Like, don't, yeah. no. I don't, you didn't prepare anything. I did nothing. Christy read this comic, probably did accolades. Uh-huh. Yeah. I read this comic for for the, the second time. That's right, because you read it for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was like homework that I didn't even know that I had that I didn't advance. Like, I'm that good of a student, guys. <laughs> the most Christy thing. <laughs> I read the whole syllabus and did it all in the first week. Yeah, <laughs> I have more. I'm real cute. <laughs> oh, goodness sakes. Well, with no further podcast business to discuss, are we ready to get into the summary? Summary. War of the Realms 4 through 6, written by Jason Aaron, penciled and inked by Russell Dodderman, colored by Matthew Wilson, lettered by Joe Sabino, edited by Will Moss, Sarah Brunstad, and Tom Bravort. Issue 4. Freya, who is now the wielder of the dark sword Bitterblade after dispatching the dark elf Bitterhand, is guarding the Black Bifrost and sends a crew for reinforcements. She sends Punisher to Alfheim to recruit the Light Elves. She sends She-Hulk to Nidavellir to recruit dwarves. She sends Blade to Vanaheim to recruit the Vanir gods. And Ghost Rider to Niflheim to recruit giant spiders? She also uses the Black Bifrost to rescue the team sent to rescue Thor, sending them back to Avengers Mountain just in time for the siege. Shuri activates the Celestial that makes up Avengers Mountain, easily wiping out the giants en route, just in time for Odin to wake up, demanding to know where his wife is. At Stonehenge, for some reason, Malekith tortures the Venom symbiote, trying to use magic to bring it to heal. The situation is explained to Odin, who demands to go to Freya as the only one who can overcome the closed portal. The dwarf Screwbeard, Tony Stark, and Shuri reveal their weapon. And we flash to Freya, who is felled by Malekith, who has bonded Venom with his weapon. The symbiote Venom, that is. But before the final blow can be struck, Odin arrives, clad in new armor. He and Freya furiously battle, destroying the Black Bifrost, but possibly dying in the process? Now Malekith's forces are stuck in Midgard, and Jane Foster explains their battle plan with the Avengers in the lead. But the son of Odin enters the room with the Destroyer's arm as his new prosthetic, proclaiming he will lead the fight. Issue 5. 
In an Asgardian ship, Daredevil and Thor head not into battle, but towards the sun, as Daredevil has heard a screaming coming from the roiling flames. A seed of the world tree has taken root, and Thor needs to pay the price for an answer from the tree. He gives Daredevil his axe Yarnbjorn, demanding to be nailed to the tree. Uh, We then see several scenes flashing back to the past. Hildegard, Sif, Angela, and Punisher, as well as a host of Light Elves, join the Wakandans in fighting off the Angels of Heaven. The Hell Spiders join Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, Balder, and Ghost Rider in South America, battling the undead forces of the Enchantress. She-Hulk, Luke Cage, Deadpool, Daredevil, and Iron Man clobber trolls in Australia. The Veneer and Agents of Wakanda invade the Roxxon facilities in Antarctica. Other teams of Avengers fight in London, New York, and Shanghai against the combined forces of Malekith. Thor rages, creating a storm that menaces the dark forces across the globe. And back in the present, Jane journeys to Asgard, finding the shattered pieces of the Mjolnir from another world, those that can turn one into the War Thor. Freya and Odin are alive, but held prisoner at Stonehenge. And Thor burns at the sun, remembering the price Odin paid for wisdom. And Jane Foster grabs the volatile hammer, and energy emanates, ripping her apart. Issue number six. Thor begs and begs to take his eyes instead, but the tree demands his last piece of shattered Mjolnir, and also his eye, and he gives them willingly to end the war. Eons from now, the goddesses of thunder read the story of the War of the Realms as the Fantastic Four arrive, looking for the Allfather Thor, who is ready to head back in time to help. In the present, they are joined by young Thor, god of Vikings, and Jane Foster, now in Thor form, gripping her War Thor hammer. They travel in a storm towards Stonehenge to defeat Malekith. Captain Marvel defeats Cinder, queen of the Fire Goblins, and things are looking bleak for Laufey, but he... Eats the casket of ancient winters, a powerful artifact before breathing an unbearable cold on our heroes. The Thors arrive, and Malekith is cruelly bonded with Venom, who has also empowered his dark elf minions. The Thors begin to clash with the enemy, all hammers and axes. Daredevil tries to fight Laufey, but the blade of Heimdall is shattered. However, Daredevil, who senses all, is not afraid. A storm is coming. Malekith takes Thor's last hammer, infecting it with venom. Things aren't looking so hot for our heroes until it begins to rain fire across the world, melting the winter in Manhattan and burning the symbiote. Also descending from the heavens is... A hammer. Mjolnir is reborn. Yay! Malekith, clearly frightened, reminds Thor that he is still unworthy, but Thor grips Mjolnir, declaring himself the god of the unworthy, of the struggle to be better. He lifts it, felling Malekith in one mighty smash. Laufey villain monologues only for the war Thor's hammer to slam into his face, and then he has some... Odd indigestion. His son Loki rips out of his stomach, gripping the cask of ancient winters. Malekith's beasts turn on him as he has lost his status as Lord of the Wild Hunt. It gets super yucky. The Warthor's hammer shatters, but part of it bonds to Jane's arm. And finally, with the war over, Odin bows to Thor and declares him the new Allfather. So, Christy, what did you think of the back half of, of this bad boy? It's a lot of fun. We got we got that Thor content we didn't get from the first half. Yeah, the first half was, in fact, pretty light on Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is this is pretty Thor heavy. 
Yeah. I um had some questions about the the tree that grew on a on a star growing in the sun. That seemed like a lot. I mean, I know it's magic. Yeah. But like a seed a seed of it took root on the sun. The as, seed of the the world tree? Yeah. Um y- and that's y- from Yggdrasil. Right. That's from Norse mythology. Yes. Right. In that one, it's supposed to be like all the realms are on the tree. And I think in this, it is like a slightly separate entity. Uh Uh-huh. But the fact that he had to go burn on the sun nailed to a tree to get upside down to get the answer that he just needed to do some time travel to get more Thors. No, he needed to figure out how to reforge the hammer. Oh, and also, like, just, I mean, the, the time travel, yes, but I think he also needed to figure out what, how to be worthy again. Right. But, I, you know, I guess everybody has their own places they go to do some deep things. Yeah. And Thor just goes to the sun. With a baby Yggdrasil. The world tree. Yes. Yggdrasil. 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 Mm-hmm. I might be saying mm-hmm. it wrong, too, but I think it's Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil. No, you're so close. Ye- mm. It's two G's. Where? <laughs> Y-G-G-D-R-A-S-I-L, oh, I think. So it's like Yggdrasil. 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 <laughs> you're just doing this on purpose now. <laughs> Am I? Am I? You know, I can pronounce Roman mythology things, Christy, just saying. Okay, that's neat. <laughs> <laughs> just making fun of our respective heritage. <laughs> I can say the German words. <laughs> I'm really certain Norse is like pretty. At some point, they split off, right? Isn't it a Germanic language? All of like the like Swedish and Norwegian. Okay, okay. If I saw you would sell. If you saw the world tree, <laughs> if I saw it, I could probably say it. Yeah. I mean, German's pretty nice and simple that way. There's one way to say all the letters, and once you know that one way, then you know how to say it all. Yeah. Even if you don't know what any of it means. Even if you know, don't know how to say Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil. Mm. Did I do it? I did it! Someone's going to come in the comments and be like, you're both saying (laughs) (laughs) This was a pretty vignette-heavy back half, though. Well, we had so many plot lines in so many places. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, it's very different, I feel like, compared to, like, your secret invasions, where we still, like, there were vignettes, but, like, it's very clear what is handled in the tie-ins, whereas I feel like secret invasion, like, everything was handled in the main series, Mm -hmm. the tie-ins were just extra. Right. Like, reading this, I was like, kind of wish I had read whatever She-Hulk was doing in these tie-ins, because she had some fun stuff on, like, I was like, what is this fun armor? She looks very cool. I should have read the tie-ins. Why yeah. didn't I have time to read the tie-ins? I don't know. <laughs> there are a bunch. There's, like, the War, there's like a War Avengers tie-in, which is, like, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel. I think every, all the groups had, like, a tie-in. Yeah. That was kind of its own thing. And then there was also the group that was hanging out with Thori the dog and Balder getting, uh, getting the baby... <laughs> I would like to see the baby. <laughs> Wait, what baby is in this? Uh, it's only in this tie-in. It's it's um, Freya has a baby. What? Yeah, Freya has a baby. Uh, just, okay, is it Odin's baby? I think so. But she also is like 
the baby is also kind of like slightly fire goblin-y, and I think it's due to circumstances of her birth, if I recall correctly. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes sometimes if it's just a real hot day, you could give birth to a fire goblin and not just Well, happens. she was mostly a baby. She just <laughs> kind of like looked fire goblin-y occasionally. Oh. Yes. So only a sort of hot day. <laughs> <laughs> but that was the time that was written by the McElroys, as I said in the last episode. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes. And then, of course, this had like a Squirrel Girl tie-in. I feel like those... There were a lot of tie-ins, but like maybe not as many as I feel like a lot, like they could have like gone really hard. There's an X-Men tie-in that I ne- didn't end up reading, but Oh wow. Yeah. I'm surprised you wouldn't have read that. It's prior to Hawkspox, which mm. is I was kind of in, I was a little ambivalent on the X line. Did we see any of the X-Men besides Wolverine in the main title here? No. Yeah. Jason Aaron really likes Wolverine, so he put Wolverine in, in his main book. Also, Wolverine tends to sell books <laughs> a little bit better than Almost all the other X-Men, sadly. Man. Also, Venom is selling books, which is why Venom was in this. Is uh, is is Eddie Brock in this? The guy who Venom is, like, normally attached to? No, it is literally just the Venom symbiote by itself. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm fully familiar with all of the, the nuances of the Venom symbiote, because I thought the Venom symbiote was just the Venom symbiote. No, I did know that there's somebody that he sometimes... Okay. Yeah, we need to watch it's the just, Venom movie. It, it, it's just hard to pinpoint where in continuity things happen. Right. But also, like, a symbiote, like, if you, like, think about it, <laughs> they normally hang out with somebody else, right? Way to know science, nerd. <laughs> you were almost a biology teacher. You really thought about it. I did. Mm-hmm. I sure did. Regrets? Uh, I don't know. Okay. I get to teach the fun class. It's true. You do get to. Not that science isn't fun. Yeah, but, but a lot like... for a lot of kids, science is really not fun. Well, maybe I should have been a science teacher. You could have made it fun. Sorry. I, I just sometimes think about the Miss Frizzle dresses. You could do that now, though. It's not the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's not the same if you don't teach science. It's weird though, because she was a she was an elementary school teacher. Mm-hmm. It was like fifth grade. Yeah, so she should have probably taught other subjects. <laughs> kids are like, we don't know how to read. <laughs> I know that kids normally learn how to read. It's normally- Let's hop aboard the magic school bus, kids. <laughs> me, me. Are we going to the library? Nope. <laughs> We're going to go inside Ralphie. <laughs> was it Ralphie? I don't remember. That was that was quite a, quite a show. Oh, amazing. Miss Miss Frizzle dresses though. You could do it. You could do it. Yeah. Give big Oh, you don't have you don't have I have to re re pierce my ears. Yeah. This is definitely a tangent that our readers are not here for. Yeah, we should probably get back to talking about War of the Realms. Uh I'm super glad that that Laufey gets his tummy exploded. So he definitely looks like he when he bit Loki, like he like bit bits of him off. But I guess that just wasn't the case. Right. Maybe he bit, maybe he like did a bite and then like a, oh, glad we're really talking I, about that. I don't know. I mean, in the Squirrel Girl tie-in, like he wasn't even really dead, or in Laufey, he pops up in the Squirrel Girl. Oh, tie-in. that's right. And he's like, "Don't worry about it. Everybody just thinks I'm dead." Oh, that's right. But I thought that maybe turned out to be an illusion of in and of itself. Oh, I no, can't remember. No, you're maybe right. Oh, <laughs> I might not be remembering the reveal, but no, like. Loki, like, really likes Nancy. 
That's right. And then there was also like the the other the other um there was the other Norse god that was like a squ- that was like kind of squirrel esque. Uh huh. Uh huh. The the god of well, no, it, it was some sort of trickster god. That's right. Not Loki, but, but not Loki. Like different trickery. Yeah. That's such a cool design, though. Erica Henderson really drew the heck out of that book. Oof, so good. So good. Just gonna just gonna fan myself mm-hmm. over here. Did so the. This was starting to be kind of when Ven- like Venom's stuff it, like really started infecting everything else. Mm. You may have said that like Malekith called it a child of Null. Yeah, I didn't know what that meant. Null so is I the just didn't <laughs> so. In two days, there is going to be an event starting called the, called King in Black, where all the the Marvel heroes have to fight Null, who is the god of symbiotes. I have I have heard tell of, of this of this event. Yes, I've I've heard whispers. Whispers. <laughs> you could read it as it's coming out. Man, it's doing the homework in advance again. You could. Every time I read an event. Every time. It's just, wow. It's just future homework. Wow. But it's such a level of appeal. There was a there was like a sword in Thor, and they eventually tied it into Venom. And I feel like now they, they do it a lot. But now like Venom is and Thor are being written by the same person. And I feel like it's just, it's like, it's just so inevitable at this point. Mm. It's. I'm so excited about it. <laughs> Can't you hear it in my voice? How excited I am. Well, anyway, I kind of thought the whole like Venom with the, with the swords thing like was a really cool visual. Definitely. Design. Definitely. Like there was some fun art that worked there, but also I was like, why is there so much Venom in this Thor event? It's like, uh, it's like chocolate and peanut butter. I don't, I don't. No. You don't think so? Maybe like maple and bacon. Like I know some people are really, really into that. I like maple and bacon. I like maple and I like bacon. And like I, I don't normally opt for them together. And mm-hmm. I, But I do understand the appeal. Right. Well, ve- Venom is like a really like 90s thing. And so anytime someone writes it, to me, it just still always feels like it is a 90s thing. It's very much like a, like, it's a rad dude, he's got a big old tongue, and he's all black. I feel like Venom and Wolverine are on, like, similar footing. Uh, absolutely, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody please tell Christy that she's wrong and that Wolverine and, and uh, Venom are not equivalent. <laughs> Venom did not mentor several young X-Men that just needed a father figure at that point in time. Okay. And that's probably good for several young X-Men. <laughs> Why is this tongue man trying to be a mentor? I need the Venom mentor book. He's a kid in the current book. What? Well, he's bonded Eddie, to a kid. Yeah, Eddie, not okay. to a kid. Eddie Brock, who he is bonded to, has a kid. Okay. At one point, I feel like I need to catch up with this book, but I'm not there yet. We had stopped talking about Venom. We need to talk about Thor. The three Thors, they were a new concept to you at this point, right? Yes. Because we this ties a lot back into the run that came before it. So the very first... So the, these, uh, the old Thor and young Thor have been around before. Mm-hmm. And, and young mm. Thor's... Or, I'm sorry, old Thor's granddaughters, who are like hanging out and reading the book... Oh, they're the, significant. They are. They pop up quite a bit. They're a lot of fun. Oh, that's so that's so sweet. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I, I you would probably like this Thor run. Sure. <laughs> You're like, no. 
But it, it the the first story is called the God Butcher, where there is somebody who hates divinity and he is killing gods, and he they have to t- try to team up to fight him because he is trying to get them at like different points, mm. if I recall correctly. But it it spawned the very cool line of after he's beaten them up or. Maybe even before. Well, anyway, there's a point in the story where this, this Gore, the God Butcher, who is the bad guy, it says, like, you should have brought more Thors. Oh. Uh, a really sick line. That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're really sarcastic this episode, Christy. <laughs> but. I'm a little, I'm a little sleepy. Sleepy me, like. <laughs> You're like, sure. Whatever. <laughs> But um, that's why the three of them come back, and then there's there's later there's like the fi- the finale of like the old Thor. That's like the the wrap up of this run. But even like there was more Thor after this this crossover for like four or five issues before like Jason Aaron wrapped it up. Oh, okay, but for in- some reason I feel like I had the impression that this was like the wrap up. Well, that run. one would think that the rest is very much falling action. Okay, so we got we got some we got five issues of, of Denouement. Four, didn't you? Yeah, didn't four or five. Well, you get to see Malekith's ultimate fate because oh. he goes to he goes to like hell. Yeah, but his punishment is he sees a version of himself as a kid who is incredibly happy, and that's like torture for him. Seeing himself happy is the torture. Yes, because he's like he's just such a like evil person. Mm. That's always so hard for me to swallow characters that are just like straight evil and like embrace evilness. Like, I think it to me it makes more sense in a Thor comic where it's like it's these very right. like exaggerated concepts of good and evil, right? Like, whereas like Rock the Roxon dude was his name Roxon or was that just the company? His name is Dario Agar or Agar. A G G E R. Do you like that Roxon is literally Exxon? Like they literally just changed the name a little bit. It is like, like they were really not kidding. And I'm just like, yeah, this, this dude is real bad and he doesn't even seem to know that he's real bad. He's just, he's, he's like the ultimate capitalist in, right. in Marvel. Uh, he comes up in the, in Immortal Hulk and like, there's like, there's like a F- rocks TV, which is like Fo- or rocks news or something, which is like Fox news. So like he is, he is somehow like, like a, like a Coke brother and also like an oil mogul all in one. Mm. But like in the Hulk run, it really delves into like the, the like cat, the like super like greedy capitalist nature of him. But you could see it in this, like the bit where he's like, like I have like, <laughs> like this was signed over to me. I own Antarctica. <laughs> And they're like, you don't own Antarctica. <laughs> I liked that they pulled in a lot of Thor mythos stuff, like the light elves, who they gave like assault rifles to, but they're wearing like big fancy hats and stuff. And I mean, all of the like designs and everything in this are just an absolute delight. Yeah, I, I and that was definitely something where you could tell it would be an appeal because these comics were like thirty pages, and the mm-hmm. last like ten pages are like. Russell Dodderman's design sketches and stuff. Like, like, I want this movie. Oh, you want the War of the Realms movie? I do. It, I feel like it could happen. The next the next Thor movie is going to focus, it's called Love and Thunder, and Jane is going to be Thor in it. So I feel like oh, we're... That's right. That's right. That ha- That's how they got Natalie back. Yeah, they're like, you're going to be the superhero. And she's like, you don't Sign know. me <laughs> up. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Like, um... 
And Dodderman did a bunch of the the Mighty Thor, which was the second Jane Foster mm-hmm. volume. This is such a con- such a confusing like. This was during like heavy Marvel relaunch times. I feel like they've backed off that a little bit. Hmm. Um, but it it'd be like we've gotten six issues, new number one, but they haven't done that recently. That was just I don't like that. No, it's annoying. Mm. Um, meanwhile, like, you know, like nothing in X-Men has, has had two volumes since Hawksbox. I mean, it's only been like a year, but you never know. Been a year and change, but so he got to kind of do a lot of these designs, I think kind of as it was building, like the angels look really cool. Odin's like destroyer armor that he is given when he fights with Freya. It looks pretty neat. That to me, this is going to sound really Kind of strange, but that to me looks more like a like a pleather sort of spandexy. Oh, rather than metal. Yes, I guess I can get it. It's supposed to be metal. I, I, yes, yes. It looked like a whole bunch. It looked like it was meant for something else. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Did you like that scene with Freya and Odin fighting? I mean. They were like total power couple there, and I loved it. It was great. I thought it'd be something you liked, like like an old couple fighting. Mm-hmm. I do like that they're like, we can't go back. And he, or, I thought you said we couldn't go back. And he's like, yeah, I said you couldn't go back. You're not an all father. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, the, the, I think the team up at the end was maybe my favorite. Like they finally needed to, like it was like, well, we've really Avengers this half the crossover, but we need to kind of Thor this now. So let's grab some, 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 hell spiders and uh we'll figure this whole deal out right okay they're spiders now there's a there's a bunch of fun little scenes there like there's the panel where she hulk is like like we go we fight like dwarves fight and they're like crying they're like this is so inspirational <laughs> it's pretty good i love how much uh, how mu- uh so many of these thor characters like really have a thing for she hulk or just like <laughs> she's so about her she's strong lady they're pretty into that yeah Yep. I I love that energy. I'm glad it's in the world, and I want more of it. I liked that the uh, that the the Asgardian women who were aboard that boat were like, "Why were we not in Wakanda this whole time?" Like, yeah, everybody like, here is so strong. We were hanging out in Brooklyn. <laughs> this is a really fair point. It was pretty good. <laughs> I kind of like what the Black Panther movie has done to the comics and that Wakanda is like important in every crossover. It is. I mean, it totally makes sense if you've got like a worldwide conflict that Wakanda would be a key player. Yes. Now they, and even like with, with that movie, they've sort of like decentralized a lot of the things that made the Avengers sort of like very U.S. governmental or at least close to it mm-hmm. and they've sort of just made him more wakandan so you so instead they like serve like this and this benevolent generally fictional country which i feel like is a bit is like a bit of an upgrade like they're not working for shield which like you know it it is hard at certain times at most times to be like yeah, it's really cool that the superheroes are working for like the fictional CIA or whatever mm-hmm. where you're like, come on, like the, you know, the CIA has not always done great things. So instead, they get to work for cool fictional country, mm-hmm. and then that gets to cause its own sort of problems within 
the universe because they're like, oh, are they beholden to this foreign nation? Blah, blah, blah. I like that dynamic. And maybe that means that New York gets destroyed less often. New York definitely got wasted in this one, though. New York's always going to get destroyed. (laughs) I'm sure when we pick up the King in Black in two days, New York is going to get wrecked. Well, by the time this episode comes out. It would have been two days ago. Yeah. So readers let us know. Don't let us know. We're, we're, I'm probably. We'll already know. We'll already know. Christy might not read it, but I'll know. I'll read it. I'll read it. <laughs> Jeez. It's okay if you don't read it. I'll read it. <laughs> <sighs> Stop bothering me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a whole bunch. <sighs> Fine. You were really channeling uh, some, some Alexis <laughs> from. From Schitt's Creek there. <laughs> um, <laughs> did you have any other favorite moments from this crossover? Um, before before we actually get into Give me that, that Thory content. Yeah, he wasn't in this very much. Yeah. Just in the first bit. Where's my dog at? He was in the tie-in. Where's my dog? <laughs> where's, the, where's the dog that wants to do some murders? A murder dog. Um... I did really enjoy that that Jane got to have a, a last little hurrah. Yeah. Do you know, Did was it clear where that hammer came from? Not a bit. I it, was like, this seems really important. All right. Do you remember how once upon a time there was the Ultimate Universe and it was separate from the Marvel Universe? Vaguely, yes. They created it in 2000 to try to be like, oh, let's, these are going to be fresh new comics. But cool. I, the experiment kind of failed after a while. And so, after Secret Wars, which was in 2015, the Hickman-run Secret Wars, they kind of collapsed into each other. But that hammer was the Thor from that universe's hammer. So why did she have it? It, like, flew into our universe. There were some issues where, um, what's his name? Volstagg found Mm -hmm. it. And he was, like, super enraged because he tried to, like, save some kids from fire goblins. But, like, the fire goblins, like, blew up a bunch of kids. And he was, like, Volstagg? Do you know you know Volstagg from from this issue? Mm-hmm. A, a voluminous fellow. Yeah. Um, he calls him. He he says that himself. He was con- like controlling the destroyer. He loves kids. Like yes, he I, has a wife mm-hmm. and like a million children. I remember this. Yes. Um, from Siege. Yes, and it also I think came up a little bit mute massacre, or at least was like on the periphery. Yes. But so he was like enraged. Somehow got this hammer, but it turned him into like a super ragey. Thor. Oh no. Yes. And then uh he kinda got over he like got over it and they'd like get the hammer away from him. Oh. But then like Jane could kind of control it. But there's even the bit where she's like it's like it's like trying to like get out of my grasp and stuff. Oh. Yes. So it's still it is a Mjolnir, it's just a Mjolnir from another universe. And it bonds to her arm? Yeah, it becomes the all weapon. Sweet. Yes. And that the 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 current Valkyrie series is her with that weapon. It, it can does, turn it, in, does it pew pew? Does it like shoot it, It'll like turn into things like axes oh, or like swords. like an extension of her arm. Yeah. Kind of like the witch blade, which is, uh, well, I'll explain witch blade to you at some point. Okay. <laughs> so it's not a Marvel or DC comic. <laughs> All right. Well, are, are we ready to get into some Twitter questions? Uh, Yeah. All right. Our first question comes from at 
Asimov underscore fangirl. Hi, if you got an enchanted tool, what would you get? And what would you name it? Hmm. Enchanted tool. I would get... I have a problem with when I use a hoe in the garden, I tend to bend them. Mm-hmm. I, like, beat the heck out of them. You know, you know this. Yes. I would use one where I could, like, hit the ground and it, like, the, the, like, the, the soil would just, like, flip over. Mm-hmm. So the, the grass would immediately... So you want a magic hoe. <laughs> I want a magic hoe. <laughs> and I would call it Earth Mover. Okay. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Because I, I, I love gardening, so that's I what I feel I mean. a little silly now, because mine was going to be a spade mm-hmm. for, for the garden, but it would... <laughs> <laughs> We're not married at all. What would your spade do, though? Uh, it would make things grow real good. Oh, well, that's fine. What's its name? <laughs> um, uh, I would probably call my magical growing spade Green Thumb. I love it. Maybe it would, maybe I would have like the fun, fun armor around my thumb and it would just be a spade that would come from my thumb. Like the all weapon. <laughs> like the all weapon. Yeah. What if it was a garden multi-tool? Oh, so you could have like, you could turn it into like a garden rake. Like one, one of those like hand rakes. Yeah. Yeah. Like what else might, like garden shears. Maybe water comes out of it as you're working to water your plants. Yes. And yes. it's my green thumb. Mm-hmm. My armored thumb. I love this. I like that we both came up with <laughs> garden-based tools. My second choice was a magical hairbrush that, you know, just, like, did your hair as you brushed it. And, like, you could change the length of your hair at will mm. with the magical hairbrush. <laughs> and I was like, that, that makes me sound really, like, vapid. I can't say that. <laughs> You're just very proud of your hair. You do. You put a lot of work into it. Thank you, dear. <laughs> right. um, Adam Reck is asking the best Thor weapon of any Thor, because there are several Thor hammers. There is, and also there's Yarnbjorn, the axe. Mm-hmm. There's Mjolnir, of course. Mm-hmm. There is Stormbreaker, which was a hammer that was given to Beta Ray Bill, who is n- weirdly absent from this this crossover. He is an alien who got the powers of Thor because he is also worthy. All right. And eventually Odin gave him his own hammer, which is called Stormbreaker. And then for a time, Storm, like from the X-Men, was given a hammer. Oh, yeah. I feel like, I don't think I've, I've read this, but I feel like I knew that this was a thing that happened. Well, here it is. It's called Stormcaster. A neato. Yep. I like Stormbreaker a lot. Beta Ray Bill's hammer. It's a lot. It's like big round hammer with like the pointy end on the other side, and I think that's neat. I'm gonna go with the classic Mjolnir. You like the classic like, Mjolnir? I mean, it's iconic. Like even if other things like might be like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, no, that's like quintessential. Like I guess you can like a flavor of ice cream that isn't vanilla, but also like vanilla is kind of the base of it all. Do you like that? He spins it around and then throws it and holds on, and that's how he flies. I that's, do. That's kind of fun. I do like that a lot. <laughs> a whole bunch. Um, at Drew underscore GY asks, okay, which Thor rescue squad member should have kept either their magical steed or their magical weapon slash accessory? This is the group that was sent to Jotunheim to go get Thor back. 
Do you think Captain America should have kept Yarn Bjorn the axe, which he did? Yarn Bjorn was just passed around in this crossover. I just really like hearing you say Yarn Bjorn. Yarn Bjorn. So I'm going to fully support that choice as long as you can say it five times fast. Yarn Yarn Bjorn, Yarn Bjorn, Yarn Bjorn, Yarn Bjorn, Yarn Bjorn. Yep, that's that's the answer. That's the one. Good job, sweetheart. (laughs) I kind of liked Spider-Man having a helmet. I thought that was fun. Mm -hmm. He was real goofy. I I liked uh, Spider Man as like the the, the pal of spiders. From he did pal. hang out with giant hell spiders, which was very cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was a fun bit. At wc underscore wit, Austin Wilden asks, "How do you feel in general about the closure to a run being contained in a massive crossover like this, Secret Wars twenty fifteen, or Final Crisis? Kind of." I mean. I, I feel like it's a, a fun kind of finale setup. Yeah, it's not great to the to like this podcast in which like if we really wanted to get into it, we would read like forty right. issues up until. Right. I think it can work or it can't. Like I think War of the Gods was like impenetrable. Right. But I felt like this wasn't too bad. I mean, I think it has a lot to do with the story that's being told in a run, and if. Like, huge epic battle crossover is a fitting conclusion to that story, um, or if it's a different sort of story entirely. So I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all answer there for every run, but I'm not against, like, the end of a run happening in a crossover, because that can be, like, a really fun wrap-up with, you know, potential stories seated within it to continue on from that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a good way to look at it. Next, we have at Comics Cube, Duitano, uh, who asks, do you think it would have been better if we had a mix of Russell Dodderman and Isad Ribic on art duties? Isad Ribic started this run. Oh. He also did the art on Secret Wars 2015, which... Well, we already talked so much about how we loved the consistency of art throughout this event. I wouldn't have minded if Isad Ribic had done the art if he would have done all of it but i think that i liked russell dodderman's style coupled with wilson's really bright colors Mm -hmm. so i think i would have to say that i i'm still on the the keep dodderman on the whole thing right i isad ribbick's art has kind of soured for me a little bit i think i liked it once upon a time i don't know if he changed or i changed but (sighs) milkshakes melt people change like when Isad Ribic dumped me on my birthday. <laughs> right after you bought him that really expensive thing. From the body shop. <laughs> All right. Our next question comes from at M. Turetsky as something that had been built up over years and y- and multiple runs on the title. Does War of the Realms live up to the hype of being the first unbeatable Squirrel Girl tie-in event? I think it might have been the last unbeatable Squirrel Girl tie-in event. It was the best tie-in of this. It was yes. great. It was it her was... hanging out in Canada. Mm-hmm. Doing fun fun things with Frost Giants, being real sneaky. and Yeah. She had winter gear, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like, covered her face except and, for her eyes. And Squirrel Girl is Canadian. Yes. Canonically. Mm-hmm. Canadically. Ooh, you betcha. <laughs> we lost every Canadian listener. <laughs> 
Uh, No, I thought it was good. Uh, And I was worried that it wasn't going to be good when I read it. But I remember loving the unbeatable Squirrel Girl tie-in. Yeah, I liked it so much I read this event. Yeah, because (laughs) of the tie-in. At Nola Fow asks, who is the best Thor and why is it Storm? Yes. Sure. Moving on. (laughs) Next question. At Kenobi13 says, Thori, good murder boy or goodest murder boy? Bestest yes. murder boy? Yes. Yes. At Big Dad Energy asks, this event had the entirety of planet Earth invaded. Do you think it sold the scope well enough? I mean, it really tried to. There like, was a map? There was a map? That ca- showed it all. It was all invaded. But, like, I feel like the focus, at least in the main issues, was so much on the battles and conflicts that we didn't really get, like, the sense of... Was anyone actually Oppre- in danger? Uh, like oppression? Yeah. yeah. Like what what did things look like for the average day-to-day citizen during War of the Realms? Well, they used to try these where they like Civil War Frontline where they'd be like what are the newspaper dudes doing? Right. I mean, we do know that what they evacuated like all of New York. Yeah, and moved it to Avengers Mountain, which apparently shoots gigantic lasers when you put it at like 30% right. power. Uh and a bunch of people in New York were just hanging out in the Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah. For for, I, what did that look like? I don't know. And where is my like refugee tie-in from War of the Realms? We needed we needed that Helm's Deep moment with everybody hanging out in the caves. <gasps> yes. <laughs> I actually love love those bits because there's there's Do always you... some kid who's like, like just looks really serious. Yeah. They're also like. Oh. Any orcs get back here, it's gonna be bad. It's gonna be real bad. Look mm-hmm. at these look at these poor mm-hmm. people. Like you didn't really feel like there was a lot of human toll or human stakes throughout yes. this event. I think it sold that it was in fact a thing that happened across the entire earth. Yes. But yeah, the the even like I think Bendis maybe even did it a little bit better in like Secret Invasion. You see all like the the protesting people. Yes. But we I did agree. not get that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Even in the last thing with Grant Morrison, they take like a few panels to be like, hey, while the Justice League and the Wildcats were in another dimension, like, some stuff happened. Let's have right. some people for a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, good question there. Yep. Good job. And our good final good. question comes from at David underscore Wolken. David Wolken asks, what is War of the Realms? David, please listen to our last episode in this episode, and you can find out. Also, review us on iTunes. <laughs> Presumably, if David has heard your answer at this point, he has listened to this episode. And his question has already been answered. (laughs) But he might not have listened to the last episode. David. David. You can't start with part two. You can never start with part two. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, gang, crew, team, the Koi Pond. Remember when I tried that? Yeah, we're bringing sure it back. <laughs> sure do. Oh, let's get into some accolades. <laughs> All right, Chris, uh, tell me, lay, lay your best line on me here. It's from. It comes from Freya, who says, "Never mind, hell lover, kiss me now, you old fool." <laughs> this is when they were fighting and hitting on each other. Uh, my best line comes from bats what does bats the dog say uh, this is the ghost dog who mm-hmm. lives in dr strange's house they're 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 battling like a, a witch uh, him and thori and he's like 
Yeah, hey, I'm Bats. I'm a ghost, and I'm gonna, like, really haunt you a whole lot unless you leave. It's really good. <laughs> so, what is the coolest moment? Uh, my coolest moment uh, was there the when Freya is defending the Black Bifrost. Mm-hmm. And she says, I, just one goddess, and how many dark elves do you think one goddess is worth? Hundreds, thousands, all of you, keep coming until we have an answer. Ooh, that's and so I, good. I, I was like, this might be, like, a best line, but it was just so freaking cool, that whole moment. And, like, the, kind of the ensuing battle from that, but just that energy was so cool. What about your coolest moment? I really liked Odin and Freya fighting. I thought that was, I mean, that was kind of my best line as well, but that was like my very favorite thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that 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 fun couple energy. All right, what about your greatest hero? I'm going to give it to Freya because she saved everybody and defended the, the gate and got people where they needed to go to finally finish the fight. You didn't give it to Thor? Which Thor? See, that, that's my loophole. <laughs> if only Thor could enter and that could be four people. Then, my greatest hero can also be Thor, oh. and it's all four of them. Ha ha! Same loophole. You're a goober. <laughs> what about your Crusher Creel Award for silly villainy? It goes to Dario Agar for being like, like I have the deed to this place. Like you need to get <laughs> yes. off my lawn. <laughs> we got a daily double. <laughs> Hit it, Matt D. Wilson. Gosh. Glad we glad we came up with that. Dario Agar is always he's always like a business boy. Yeah. I really wasn't clear on why he became like was he like a minotaur? He is also a minotaur. Just like always? He can turn into a minotaur. How'd that happen? I don't remember. He just can turn into okay, a minotaur. Okay, not important. <laughs> but he was very silly. Yeah. The silliest of the villains. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> uh, what about your Key of C Award? Readers, our Key of C Award is the award that we give to a moment in an event that we feel could be enhanced by a musical number, either by expanding upon the moment or by just capturing its energy. Yeah. Uh, I think the, the, the Thor reunion would, would have been worthy of a, mm. of a song where they all like – Got together. And they could all have their separate entrances. It would have been fun. Oh, I feel like that's a, a interesting idea that would kind of work well with my key of C. Well, I just imagine like, a, you know how like Sondheim will do like several mm-hmm. characters entering and then they'll all sing stuff at the same time. See, like I have that similar energy, but but the specific moments I was thinking about um, was Thor on Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil. Yggdrasil yep. on the sun. The world tree. Um. And, like, he's going through that, you know, agony, and he, you know, he's pleading with, like, the the world tree to, like, give him the answers and just take this, just take this. And then having that, like, juxtaposed and side by side with, like, Jane's, you know, picking up the hammer. Like, I just have these two pages of them looking like they're in this excruciating pain, having these big, decisive moments, and just kind of imagining, like, like this fast-paced little numbers between each of them like first with thor and then with jane and then that like uh-huh. like reunion of like a just that beautiful little harmony uh of 
of them joining together with this lo- like longer, slower kind of chorus, like this this strength where they you know overcome this pain or they find their answers and. You know, just really inspirational. That is very inspirational. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, like, I, I have it in my head. I see it. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. That's pretty great, Kristen. <laughs> I feel like you're humoring me right now. You've been humoring me this whole episode. <laughs> just been kind of, kind of on and off nagging me about Marvel <laughs> Comics facts. I love you. I'm sorry. I'm so tired that my enthusiasm is just sarcasm. (laughs) It has shifted. (laughs) Christy has changed. (laughs) Listeners are going to be like, oh my God, are they fighting? (laughs) Christy just has a weird tired energy, guys. It's kind of very strange tired energy. Thank you, readers, for sticking with us. Um, we're going to have some fun things coming up for you guys. We, we are likely going to have listener picks as our crossovers for at least the next few months. Yep. Uh, and plus a, a Patreon reward uh, of we've got... We have two accolades in the, on deck. Uh, and we have to do like the... The, the Muppets Christmas, Christmas Carol. Car- Christmas Carol? Christmas... No, not Muppets Christmas Carol. The... It's a Muppets Christmas crossover. I'm sure it has a very specific name. Yeah, we promised it before. We're there now. We're there. It happened. It's it's, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, lots of fun stuff coming up. And if you want to get in on some of that fun action of telling us what to do and directing the direction that this podcast will go in directly, mm-hmm. yeah, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Pod. Mm-hmm. And uh, become a patron. Yeah. If you uh, do not want to do the recurring thing, we also have a Kofi that is in the show notes. Mm-hmm. It does not get as much use, but you know, we're, we'll, we'll, it's money spends the same either way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're not in a position to support us monetarily, it's the holidays. You got a lot of other people to spend money on. You can help out the podcast uh, through word of mouth in several different ways. Tweet about us, share us with a friend, or you can even head on over to iTunes and give us one of those five-star reviews. We love to shout those out on the show, and thank you for your fabulous reviews. Yeah, and, uh, you know, if you feel like you you do... Uh, we'll just cut that bit. Um, if you'd like to get in touch with us, you can do so using Twitter and Facebook at Chris's pod. And if you've got a longer form message to send us, you can send that over to Chris's on infinite earth at gmail.com. Uh, you can check out Christy and I's writing at xavierfiles.com. Uh, more, more of my editing than writing at this point, but yeah, there's articles. Big wig, you fancy editor. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> this is genuine love guys. I know it sounds really sarcastic. Well, anyway, uh, even if you don't want to check out stuff by the two of us, there are tons of people who write great stuff week in and week out. Mm -hmm. Um, They're so smart. I don't know why they came here around. (laughs) (laughs) But thank you, readers. And until next time. Slay your enemies and all you desire shall be yours.